Good morning, church. And good morning to those who are watching online. My name is Sam Vasa, and uh, I am one of the elders here at DBC. And uh, first of all, I would like to thank Pastor Colin for giving me this opportunity to share the word this morning. And I also would like to thank Tim for presenting these slides, for adding the backgrounds on those slides. It actually shows when we put a scripture and then a background to it, this is the first thing that God did. You know, God, when he created the universe, he adopted the first thing, was, which is sight and sound. The Bible does not tell you about how many sounds that were made when what God was creating the universe. But we can simply understand when we look at his baby when he's born, the first thing we see is the sight. We see the baby come out, and it's Christ. The second thing, it is sound. The joy that brings to the mother and the parents and the world, is that's what happens when something is born, when God touches, and you see the excitement build up. So when you see these PowerPoints as slides, you will see how these backgrounds affect each one of us. So before I dig, dig uh, 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 into this scripture this morning, uh, first of all, I would like to make a disclaimer. Uh, please do not raise your hands. Keep it to yourself. But I'm going to ask you a simple question this morning. The question is, how many of you have experienced the power of God in your life? You don't have to answer. Don't raise your hand. Keep it to yourself. If you answered it or if you're still thinking about it, that is okay. It's no rush. No, no, no. Take, you know, you can take your own time. And uh, so, you, I guess you've answered it. Now, before, like again, I said, let's join me in, in a word of prayer. Loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity that you have given me and each one of us here, those who are present and those who are watching online. Lord, be with me and give me the word to say no more or no less. These things I ask in Jesus' precious name, Heavenly Father. Amen. So, as you can see, there is a slide, and that's the effect of Tim. Again, once again, I want to like to thank him. So let's open our Bibles, or if you do not have Bibles, you can follow the next Bible verse that's going to be, uh, see it, at uh, the next slide. So let's go to the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 1, verse 18. So for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So this is a passage that's mentioned in the first Corinthians. But today I would like to focus on the last three words, that is the power of God. Because to cover the entire verse, it will take forever, because given the time limitation that I have... But it's not even possible, actually, so it's going to be beyond, you know, it's going to take uh, a long time to cover this entire passage. So earlier, I had asked you a question. I had asked you a question, how many of you have experienced the power of God in your life? So according to the above Bible verse, uh, it says, those who are truly born again, as Jeff mentioned earlier when he was leading the communion, he said uh, that those who are truly born again uh, believers in this case, have experienced the power of God, right? In order to understand the power of God, we need to know, first of all, how powerful 
our God is, right? That's the first thing that strikes our mind. Say how powerful our God is. Because many times we don't, we kind of underestimate the power of God that is within us and around us. And because we don't realize the power that took God, right? So in order to understand, in order to understand and grasp the question about the power, which I do not have a slide for this, is I would like to give you the meaning, what it means in, from several places. So one of the things that it says with respect to power is, is to be able to have the power, whether by virtue of one's own ability and resources, to be able to do something or to be capable, strong and powerful. It is the capacity or the ability to, do, to, do, to direct, influence, or influence the behavior of others or the course of events. Also, the word power is associated with the Greek word called dunamis. Dunamis is actually the dynamite. The word dynamite is derived from the word Greek word dunamis. And we all know what a dynamite is. Dynamite is in an explosive, which is used in breaking of the mountains or hard surfaces, um, rocks and things like that. Because when it, when a stick of dynamite is inserted into between the cracks of a, you know, a, a rock or a, a drill a hole and place the, when it explodes, it actually shatters that rock. The, the power that the, this dynamite has, it, it, it not only shatters the rock, but it creates a, a vibration, and because of this vibration, the whole area is shaken. So that is the power of God, what, in other words, it is very explosive in nature, it is very shaking in nature, it can shake to the inner core, so basically the stick length of the dynamite is only about 10 inches, but it can shake to the inner core, it can go 100 feet below the rock, and it can still crack that rock into pieces. Sometimes it can make the pieces you know, into dust. So that is why there are so many Bible verses mentioned in the scripture. According to Jeremiah chapter 23 verse 29. It says, our Lord says, ease my word not fire like to you. Ease my word not a hammer to you. So we have to understand the nature of how our Lord's power works. So the word again, dunamis, uh, dunamis, I'm sorry, dunamis is actually, according to Strong's concordance, it is mentioned 117 times in the New Testament. So there is power. So, so this is, again, another kind of meaning is, it is an inherent force of God. So it is a characteristic of an attribute of God that flows from Him to give the ability to do supernatural things. Like miracles are morally excellent acts. So it is the way the power can influence certain things, certain objects, certain things. So we also know that the three attributes of our God, He is omnipotent and He is omniscient and He is omnipresent. So today I'm going to focus my attention to omnipotent. Omnipotent, the meaning of omnipotent God is God is all powerful God. This means God has the supreme power and He has no limitations. Isaiah 55 verse speaks that my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. So the difference between us and God is way, way, way. We can't even beyond, we can't comprehend how high our God's nature is, how high our God's power is, how high our God's wisdom is. So we cannot understand. But today what I'm going to do is, I'm going to give you a few glimpses from the word of God and show how the power of God works is manifested in a, not only in our lives, but in the universe. So if we examine, if I were to take these scriptures, the word of God from book of beginnings from Genesis chapter 1 
verse 1 to all the way through Revelation chapter 22, verse 21, the word is filled with the power of God. We have to understand the power of God is not a normal thing. It is not an everyday we see, we wake up the sun rising and we sunset go in the evening. It is not like that. It is all by the act of the power of God. So God keeps, the first verse as you can see, God used, showed his power in creation, right? So we know God has used his power. So we'll see how God has created uh, used his power in, cre- in the creation. As we see the next slide, God spoke the heavens and the earth into existence. And when we look out into the vast night sky and see the glorious heavens, God made them. So we see, according to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, we see that God created the heavens and the earth. See, note that the heavens being plural. You see, it means God created all the heavenly bodies or the celestial celestial beings or the bodies that are out in the space. You know, according to the research uh, or the science, if you go and do some research on Google, you'll find that the older Hubble telescope, through with that, we were able to see about 100 billion galaxies that are in space. But they recently, about a few months ago, they sent another telescope called the James Webb Telescope. With this telescope, we can actually see up to 200 galaxies, 200 billion galaxies. So, you know, I don't even know how we can even number those galaxies. But this is also up to the maximum level that telescope can bear. Okay, so this is again what I'm saying. And then we have to also understand that each of these galaxies house billions of stars. See, Earth is one of the planets, which because the Earth, and when we, if we, I were to go using Elon Musk rocket into the space or Jeff Bezos rocket and look from there, the Earth, down the Earth, Earth is spinning freely without no strings attached. It has no strings attached, but it is also spinning out its own axis and it is orbiting around the sun. So this we have to grasp because this is what the power of God does. So we have to understand these again as Mike read early Psalm 148 uh, because uh, that is the chapter that I wanted him to read because in if you ever get a chance if you ever want to go back you know when you go back home go through this scripture go through the word of God Psalm 148 verses 1 through 13 read it because in this the psalmist commands the psalmist commands are calls Every object that created, that was created by God to praise God. It is, in, that includes the humans. Because in Psalm 24 verse 1 says, the Lord is, uh, the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. In Psalm 50 verse 15 verse 10 says, all the uh, cat, I mean the beasts of the forest are mine. Or the cattle on a thousand hills belongs to me. If I were too hungry, I will never tell you. So we have to understand that God is supernaturally so powerful. He is immensely greater than anything that is in this universe. He oversees everything that is in, under his creation. So every man, and every, whether he is a king or he is the poorest person on this earth, we are commanded, we are called to praise the living God. So that is the, how we are, sub, we are under the subject of God's rule. We cannot think that God just has placed me here. I don't believe in God. That, that, that's not how God works. That's not how we should work. So we should always re- realize that the power of God is within us. And I will come to some of these other points that later on. That is why if we read Matthew chapter 24, which is a chapter of the end times. In chapter 24, verse 29. On that day, the sun will be darkened. The moon will not shine. And the stars will begin to fall. These are not the things that are going to happen by accident. These are under the command of the, our Lord Jesus Christ. Because he, when he orders, when he ordains, I should say. When he ordains, when he appoints these heavenly 
heavenly bodies, they are, they are actually praising the living God. So if these objects, they, as though they look like the objects, but they listen to the commands of our living God. So that is the power that our God has. That is why when we see all these things, I want to read one other thing. This is what I want to read. Because it is a continuation of what I just explained. While estimates among different experts vary in acceptable ranges between 100 billion and 200 billion galaxies, said Mario Livio, an astrophysicist at the Space Telescope Science Institute in Baltimore, Maryland. So, again, I'm going back and saying, this is our the power of God. Not only power of God, the God used his power in creating this universe, but he also used to create the first man, our ancestor, Adam. You know, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 said, after God, God formed the man, he breathed the breath of God into his nostrils. Thereby, God, Adam became life. You see, sometimes we, I understand, this is my personal thinking, because... I don't know if you ever observed, many of us have the nature of dirt. You know, in the sense, some of them are like clay, some of them are very soft, some of them are loomy, some of them are very fertile, some of them are like a desert stand. They cannot grow anything in, you know, so I feel like there is a link between the, the way that God produced, you know, because we belong to the dust, and dust to dust we shall return, because... In Genesis chapter 3 verse 19 says, this is what he kind of curses Adam. He says, out of dust you came and to dust shall you return. So the only raw material that God used when creating this earth or the things on the earth was the dust that he created. Whether it's tree, animals or anything that you take. Even the buildings that we see are all coming out of the earth. There is nothing. But our God is also supernatural God. You know, according to Romans verse 4, 4 verse 17, he is the God that gives life to the dead. Not only does he give life to the dead, but he also makes things appear as though they did before. So when God said, let there be light, there wasn't any light. But he said, he spoke and the light came into existence. The supernatural power of God is immense. We cannot stand in his presence. Because we have to long to stand in his presence. So going to the second point, God showed his power through the redemption. The, The meaning of redemption is redeeming. It is an accounting term. That means when we... As we read just now, that verse from uh, uh, the Psalm, uh, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18. It is by the power of God that we have been saved. See, so that, is me, that means the accounting term, we have been bought by the precious blood. The, we, the God, what he did was, he bought us back. It's called buyback. You know, or we can say he has reconciled us to himself. So this is the power of God that has reconciled us and that has brought us into his kingdom. How can you say this? Because during that time when we were saved, according to John chapter 1 verse 12 says, As many as received him, to him he gave them the right to become the children of God. Who is this? Him, he said. As many as received Jesus, that means you and I, to them he gave them, gave them, that's us, to become the children of God. So now... Once we have been saved, we have rightfully become the children of God. According to Romans 8, verse 17 or 18, it says, Since we are the children of God, now we have become heirs to God. Now we become co-heirs to our Lord Jesus Christ. So the power that is invested in us is equivalent to the power that was created the whole universe. That is being sustained at this moment. You know, our, our, the Lord's power is always at work. 
It never sleeps. You know, if you read one Psalm 121, he says, He who, he is the one who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. So our God, the, the power of his manifestation is always at work. Is, that is why we see people are being saved left and right. When they hear the word of the God, when they hear the gospel, the gospel is the one which brings them to life. The life that lives, in, you know, in God is being transferred. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, while he died on the cross, that was given to us. So the process of redemption is very, very powerful. So let me go to the next slide of this. At the cross of the Calvary, God showed the power of his love. You know, and Jesus showed the power of his grace. And the, uh, for you and me, and the Holy Spirit showed the power of his fellowship by raising Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior from the dead. So we have to understand what it took God to save, to bring you and me near to Him, we, to be adopted into His family. It is not an ordinary task for God. It was a monumental task because the monumental task was so because He had to send His, send his only Son, the only Son who has authority over all. Because in, in John chapter 17, verse 2, He says, All authority over the flesh has been given to me. This is what our Jesus Christ is. He is all-powerful, all-knowing God. The power of God rules him because our father gave his authority to his son. And that is what is called the sonship. Today he wants to give the same power as he wants to give you and me. Because if you read Acts chapter 1 verse 8, once the power of Holy Spirit is received, we become witnesses. We became witnesses, as it says in the scripture, they became witnesses to Jerusalem first, and then Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So we are commanded, you know, what's the purpose of being saved? Not just be eat merry and be happy. The, the very purpose of being saved is to become a mighty witness for God. In the days to come, in the years to come, however God wants to use, when you go and seek the Lord's, when we see, kneel down in, presence of, in His presence, we should say, Lord, use me the way you want me. Lord, I am here to surrender. I want to commit my life. I want to be used. See, if you ever want to experience the sun, or the, you have to go and stand under the sun. You cannot go and stand under the sun with an umbrella. You will not feel the power of the sun. The, the sun is the similar thing, S-U-N, like I said. It's the same thing happens when we want to experience the power of God. We have to stand in the presence of the power of God. Then the power of God works in our, in our lives. So many of us, we do not do this because we always bring certain things in our lives. Because according to Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, it says, it is the, 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 As long as the earth remains, there will be seeding and harvest. You know, as long as the earth remains, there will be seeding, seeding and harvest. And there will be cold and there will be hot. There will be summer and there will be winter. There will be day and there will be night. So the reason God appointed these seasons, yes, these seasons affect our lives. Because the way the ground was cursed, and because the cursed ground, He had to appoint the seasons, that is why we experience seasons in our life. But we enter into the presence of the Lord. We cannot go saying, I am experiencing this in my season. But Lord expects us to be clean. Come to Him. Get His direct power. Don't go put an umbrella say, and redirect your thoughts on this problem first. That is why in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, it says, Seek ye the kingdom of God first and His righteousness, and all things shall be added unto you. So many times we kind of detour, and then we are looking because of the diet day, whether it's cold or hot or night or day. We always have excuses to come up with. See, God wants to work with us. You know, that is why we see here in the third, the Holy Spirit's fellowship. 
the Holy Spirit wants to commune with us. We just finished the communion here. The, the power of communion is to fellowship. Here, the fellowship means He's with us at all times. He's with us. He wants to help with us. He wants to achieve us in a better way. But things pertaining to God, okay? Not as the world directs us. So that He wants to express or say, I am unable. Lord, help me out. In James 1 verse 5 says, If you anyone lacks wisdom... Ask and it shall be given to you abundantly. So we have to understand how God works. He is willing to give us the wisdom that comes only from above. Because he is the good and perfect gift uh, comes from above from the father of lights. It says in James 1.17. So we have to understand this fellowship. We, we, so, so the, again, the, the point I'm trying to convey here is when Jesus died at the cross, this the Holy Spirit was with him. He was Fellowshipping with our Lord. See, whenever anything happens, all three are at work at the same time. We, because in James, in First John chapter five or seven, there are three that testify in heaven. That is the Father, the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit. So we have to understand we, we, the three are always at work, trying to bring us together into His. You know, because now we are adopted into His family. So we have to be tuned. We have to learn the new things, the spiritual matters concerning. Because otherwise, we cannot keep up with the Word of God. Because the Word of God describes us: "You are the sons and daughters of the Most High God." We we are. We have to be overshadowed by His power. We have. That is why there are so many places I can go on and on and on talking to you about the scriptures but that's going to bore you but anyway i'm going i'm going to i wanted to make this point that the trinity is always at work thirdly just just go to the uh, the third point that is god showed his power through sanctification the god showed his power through his uh, power through sanctification. Now, let me read a passage from Romans chapter 6, verse 22. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end is eternal life. So at the end here it says eternal life, but it is also called glorification. But what is the meaning of sanctification? The meaning of sanctification means it is being set apart. It is being a it is a preparation time for us. While we are living on this earth, we are being prepared to be sub to be sub you know we are being subjected. You know, so we are being Jesus is preparing us so that he could present us fully in the presence of his father. Say he's going to say here is this son, here is this daughter I'm presenting you. So this is what he's equipping us with the process of sanctification. So sanctification is the process where we are being separated from the world. Because in, in Matthew 24 verse 35 says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Are we living the, in, a, in a, such a kind of life that, are we living, are we pleasing God or are we pleasing somebody else? Are we pleasing the seasons that come in our life? Or are we pleasing, trying to please God? Are we walking with an umbrella in the presence of the Lord? Or are we are walking openly in the, with the Lord? So we have to ask all these questions. You know, Second Corinthians 13 verse 5 says, Test and see that you are in your faith. You know, examine yourselves, you know, because we have to examine ourselves. What's your walk with God? Why, are I, why am I coming to church? Why am I singing these worship songs? Am I really praising the Lord? Is Lord pleased with my life? You know, these kind of questions we have to keep asking ourselves. Otherwise, the work of the, our living God, the, of the, the, the Christ who died on the cross, is a mere waste. See, when Christ died on the cross, each 
And when a hammer was striking the nail, and each nail was piercing into hands, it was the agony, that agony no one can fulfill. Even the, before the, the history of this time began, let's say, and to the history of the time that ends, we, when we combine all together, when we shed tears at the same time, that still is not going to wipe out the agony that our Christ suffered. Because the Christ that he suffered, it, there is no words for it. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords according to Revelation chapter 19 verse 16. He is the word of God. He is himself his amen. So it, a God like this, you, can you literally imagine a nail is being pierced into his hands. And every time the hammer was striking this nail into his hands, there was cry. Not only there was silence in heaven. The angels were crying. The father was crying. The Holy Spirit was weeping. They're all together combined. The, that's why Lord says, I will not leave you nor forsake you in Hebrews 13.5. That not only applies to, not only the people, you and me, but it also applies to the Trinity themselves. They never leave each other. They never forsake each other. That is why, you know, in John, in John 14 verse 23, there are so many verses I can quote, but they said, me and Father will come to your house and we will live with you. So, so, so because these are the people, the, these are the power that is living within us. So we have to exert this power. We have to exhort the God to the highest authority. Because when, when, when Jesus was, the first sermon that he gave was, he gave the sermon to the Satan. Did you know that? In Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, he says, As it is written, it is written that you shall, man shall not live, live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Do you know who he spoke to? He spoke to Satan. The, the reason he spoke to Satan, because if you read further down in verse 8, it says, Satan takes Jesus to the highest peak, a highest, exceedingly highest mountain, and he offers Jesus and he shows him the kingdoms of the world and its glory and says, look at all this glory and this kingdom, they all belong to me. If you bow down to me, I will give all these things. Can you believe that? And God was willing to go with Satan to the exceedingly high mountain. Today our job is to exalt our living God. We have to take our Jesus to the exceedingly high mountain. Not to ask him to obey to you. But we need to fall in front of him and obey him. And say you are the living God. I thank you for bringing me. For giving me this life. Because this life is eternal. This life doesn't end here. This life when Jesus said I am the resurrection. And I am the life in, Ma- in John chapter 11 verse 25. We have to understand that with the power that he speaks. Because every time Jesus spoke. There was a lot of power that he was releasing. This is the power of sanctification. This is the power of justification. This is the power for glorification. When he releases. We all be lifted up. I can give you another example. When Jesus was being arrested. At the garden, in the garden of Gethsemane, the night before the, uh, the night after the Passover, Jesus was with his disciples when the servants of the high priest come to arrest him. Jesus says, who are you seeking? Then they say, Jesus of Nazareth. In John chapter 18, verse 6 says, when, John, when Jesus said, I am he, they fell backwards to the ground. You know, the meaning of fell in the dictionary means collapse. So have you ever been collapsed in the presence of Jesus? Have you felt the power of God that you can be collapsed? Have you fallen in front of the living God and said, I am, Lord. I will really work for you. I will die for you. This is the power of God. See, the, the transformation that happens in every believer is not a joke. It is not, you know, it's not a joke. It is, not to be, it is taken to be literal. God expects us to be accountable. You know, the word of God in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2 is, it's living and it's active. And it is sharper than a two-edged sword. 
Can you believe that? And it can divide the soul, your soul and spirit. It can divide the, the joints and the marrow. It can discern, it can divide your intents, the thoughts of your heart. In Jeremiah 17 verse 9 it says, the Above all, the heart is the most deceitful thing. It's a wicked thing. But he says in the next verse, I the Lord searches your hearts. He can search your heart, he can mend our heart right. But given... We have to be in His presence at all times. The power is something, we, the, 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 the way we expect is something that we have to experience it. We have to live in it. You know, one of the most common passages, uh, chapters that uh, Colin reads is Psalm 1. You know, you know uh, out of the verse 3, he, here it says, He is like a tree planted by the streams of the water. You know what that means? That means a tree does not have its own mind. A tree does not have cannot think, I'm going to uproot from here and go there. The tree has no say in whatever you do, because it is being fed by the living water. The meaning of water is the streams of water. You know, you cannot plant a sub plant in a stagnant water. The plant is going to die. Here the Lord said, I am the living water in John chapter 4 when he speaks to the Samaritan woman. So here we have to understand the power and nature of God. We have to be like the tree that is planted forever. That is what the kingdom, that is what God is expecting. In Revelation 3.12, he says, I'll make you a pillar. When he speaks to the church of Philadelphia, he's saying, I am going to make you a pillar in my temple. So, are you, do you want to become the temple? Do you want to become that pillar in God's temple? Do you want to become that tree covered by the streams of water? Then only any season, he says, the leaves will not wither. No matter what the season is, you will always yield a fruit. Abide in me and I will abide in you. John chapter 15 verse 1 and 3 says, I will abide in you. We have to abide in Christ. So in order to experience the presence and the power of living God, we have to live in such a manner that we always have to be pleasing. No excuses for us. We are believers, okay? That is why we see when we read Acts chapter 16, verse 31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. In Romans 10, 9 says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to believe in Him. That is why we are believers. When God is not joking, God is every time when He says His power is at work, His action is at work, we see the manifestation in people's lives. Every life is being saved because of him. You know, when, 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 uh, we, like I said, when he brings this baby, it is a process that God makes. You know, Psalm 139, it says, you are wonderfully and fearfully made. In Psalm 139 verse 13, he says, so we have to understand nature. That is why in this Romans chapter 6 verse 22, we are the slaves of God. The other word of slave means we are doulos. That is a Greek term. So we have to be that kind of person. I think I'm running out of my time. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> they only gave me limited time, so I have to kind of manage. Anyway, so I want to, I think I'm almost there, so I'm so sorry. Maybe, Lord willing, if I have another opportunity, I will share this word, I will continue. There are so many things that are hidden in the scriptures that only when we are, when we spend our time fellowship with the Lord, the Holy Spirit will come and speak to you. There are times and instances the Holy Spirit, I have walked with Him. He walks with me and He speaks to me and He reveals the words to me. Do you want to be like that? Do you want Holy Spirit talk to you? Do you want the Holy Spirit reveal to you? Yes. In Hebrews chapter 3 verse 15 says, If you hear His voice today, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Are you rebelling against God? Is your heart hardened? <clears throat> Just the way when you walked in, perhaps your heart was hardened. But now you have heard the word of God. Do not let it pass. Because if this time is passed, maybe there might not be another time for you. Because we have to confess our sins. And we have to enter boldly. You know, when Christ died on the cross in chapter 19, verse 13 of John, he says, it is finished. The word for which he was sent, it was accomplished. 
And then in Matthew chapter 27 verse 51 he says, When he died the temple veil was torn into two from top to bottom. So can you believe the temple veil was torn into two from top to bottom? Thus giving an access according to Hebrew chapter 4 verse 16. Those so that we can enter boldly into the throne of grace. So that is the power of God. So we have a direct access to the father. So we can go boldly but we have to enter it through Jesus Christ. Did you know outside of Jesus we cannot find the father? The Father is the only way that we can find Father is through Jesus Christ. And through the work of the Holy Spirit. Because Holy Spirit was sent for you and me. Because in, again in John chapter 15 verse 16 said. Uh, 16 verse 15 said. He is the one who actually speaks what I have told you on this earth. So today if you hear, if you hear his word. Do not harden your heart. And as you did in the rebellion. So there are many that are in the rebellion. You know, they, they, they don't want to. But. It is their loss. But here God is giving. He is welcoming us into his kingdom. With open hands. Because his open hands are the ones which were pierced for you and me. You know when in Leviticus chapter 17 verse 11 says. The life of the flesh is in the blood. When Christ was crucified on the cross. His blood was broken. You know just now Jeff mentioned his blood was broken. I mean his body was broken. What happens when your body is broken. When I pierce my body that is broken right. Then I see blood coming out of my finger. Or my body. Anyway it happens. So when Christ's body was broken. All nothing but his blood was out. His blood paved us the way. To the throne room of grace. You have to understand. So God is an awesome God. He's all powerful God. He's all knowing God. The creation that is existing right now. Which we can't even fathom. Is sustained by his power. In Once again. I, in the last before closing. I will say one other thing. In, in, in Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. All things were formed by him. For him and through him. And then one thing he says after that is visible and invisible. Can you believe that things that are visible we can't even fathom. We can't even comprehend what these visible things are. For example if you take our heart as the size of a fist. You can be a triple MD. You can be a quadruple MD in your cardiologist. But he still cannot explain how this heart functions for 100 plus years. Pumping by itself with no battery, no recharge. This is the power of God that is actively working in our body. Just that is one visible thing that you cannot explain. There are so many visible things. Man cannot comprehend visible things. How can you comprehend invisible things? You know, God has made invisible things so many things that we cannot think about it. There are invisible powers that are at work right now. The angels are present here. We don't know. The God himself is present here. He's walking among these pews. We don't know. But this is what the power of invisibility is. We, in order for us to know these kind of things, we have to be present with the Lord. When, he's, when we see Him on that day, when He calls up, we are going to be with Him forever and ever. We will be worshipping with Him. Because I had a fourth point that I wanted to explain. Looks like I'm not able to finish that. I'm going to end at this point. Because I've already passed, taken much of your time. So please forgive me. I am going to, before I end this prayer, I would like all of you, close your eyes and bow your heads. And I'm going to say a short prayer. Would you please? Loving Heavenly Father, Almighty God, we give you glory. We give you thanks. Lord Jesus, we are so overwhelmed by your power that not only sustains individually. Lord Jesus, this entire creation of yours is being held by your power. Oh, mighty God, all things are being created for you, by you, and through you. Lord, we are so, so grateful to you because as it says in 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 8, 
Lord Jesus, you lift the poor from the dust. Yes, Lord, I have been poor. And you said you lift the, you lift the beggar from the he- ash heap. In other translations, it says dunghill. Lord, I was sitting once upon a time on a dunghill. Well, Lord, once upon a time I was worse than dust. I had no life in me. But you have brought me back from that dust, from the ash heap. And you have given me the life. Now you have made me the co-heir. To Jesus himself alone. How can I not worship you Lord? How can I not fall before you? And thank you for the glory that you have sent upon me. Upon this earth heavenly father. And every creature. You want to worship you Lord. When the forest. When the beasts of the forest are able to worship you. And thank you. The lion finds its food. You guide these animals where to find the food. After all we are humans. We are unable to find where our food is Lord. You are that perfect food who came from heaven. According to John 6.35. You are the bread that came from heaven. Mighty God. And I thank you heavenly father. I lift you up. I exalt you up to the highest. Exceedingly highest. Above all, Lord Jesus, so that I may fall prostrate before you, Heavenly Father. To any one of you that is here listening to my voice, and today they have not given their life at this moment. I speak over them, Heavenly Father. Let the anointing of the Holy Spirit be upon them, and rest upon them, and transform them, and sustain them. By your power, Lord Jesus. I thank you, mighty God. And I offer this prayer, Heavenly Father, in the most exalted name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.